1: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Hey, this man Tony Wiggins here with Locked on Jaguars. The Jags met with the media today, probably for the last time before the draft. I'll tell you what they said. Talk to my man Demetrius Harvey here on Locked On Jaguars.
3: daily jacksonville jaguars podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
2: what's up welcome to locked on jaguars here on a friday i am tony wiggins thank you for joining me here locked on jaguars of course is your team every day and we appreciate you making us your first listen of the day reminder that we are free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast it's the last week of draft coverage it's the last week prior to the nfl draft which will be in less than a week on thursday from las vegas the Jaguars have the first pick obviously and uh a lot of the talk has been what are they going to do for a lot of the draft period most of the conversation has centered around uh defensive end or edge aiden hutchinson uh, from Michigan and rightfully so he had a great uh, senior year and has a lot of the attributes that any team would want on their ball club as a late a lot of talk and smoke around Trayvon Walker the edge or freakazoid at University of Georgia who played on the number one defense uh, or the best defense in the country the national championship Georgia Bulldogs and had a little bit of a different role than Aiden Hutchinson but wild people uh, at the combine and at his uh, his private workout and the bottom line is reputation from his coaches and his teammates as well and uh most of this stuff is about projection or what guys will actually be to the franchise nobody makes a decision based on what's first so with those two uh both of those guys are projected to do well um uh, scout a longtime scout and a longtime personnel person told me this week if you ain't Projecting you ain't scouting. And, and a lot of fans probably don't get that and understand it, especially when it might mean the team might take someone who they don't necessarily want that team to take. So that's uh one part of it. The other part of it is the offensive linemen, I believe that are probably guys that are being considered uh uh I Kwanu from NC State, who I heard early in the process, a lot of former players really liked him more than they liked Evan Neal. And then Evan Neal, once you realize you look at him and you go, that doesn't seem right. He's six almost six eight, three hundred and thirty-five, three hundred and forty pounds. And he shouldn't be jumping up on, on he shouldn't be doing vertical jumps up to fifty uh inches off the ground and splitting his legs. And then you see him in his tech in his technique. And then when you talk to him, he's just that young man. He's just the kind of young man who seems to be um The kind of guy that's a really, if you want to talk about the safest pick, he seems like the safest pick in the draft because uh, of his background and also because of the fact that he was able to move around at Alabama and play ever since he was a true freshman. So they talked today, and and we'll talk to Demetrius Harvey here from Big Cat Country in just a second, but they talked a lot today about staying on the same page. One of the things that's extremely refreshing for me is that uh, Trent Baalke said that Doug Peterson told him, don't overthink it. So right then and there, you see that there's this willingness to probably bend and be flexible, but to also be supportive of a guy that has to make a very, very tough decision and a guy who's had a real, real rough off season if you pay attention to the media and the social media and the movement from the fans. And I'm going to tell you something. If he if he's able to do well and turn this around, which a lot of GMs have been able to in, in their second uh, spin around, I think Rick Spielman comes to uh, my mind as a guy who – didn't do well at first and then had another shot and then had a nice little run in Minnesota. but if somehow Balky can can survive and, and make some good picks and they improve, he would have walked the gauntlet that is the Duval fan base and and really probably survived something that I probably didn't think he could. and also he, he would just have have persevered and done what you hope somebody who has a lot of mental toughness is able to do i'll tell you what we gonna do we're gonna we're gonna do what we normally do but we're just gonna do it a little bit quicker we're gonna get to segment two a little bit quicker because i have demetrius uh who's going to join me and i really 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 just want you guys uh to focus in because what we're going to do is just ask demetrius his opinion he was actually there i was following along because i had to be somewhere else we're gonna ask demetrius his impressions of the press conference and uh just the feeling and comparing it to what we've seen here in the past we'll do that in segment two here on a friday on locked on jaguars after i tell you about guys about shady rays which is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of 200 sunglasses for a fraction of that price that means polarized lenses well constructed durable frames and premium high-end finishes also Something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. That's right. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. You heard me. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Ray's. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. To get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code Locked On for the best deal of the season 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Backed by over 150,000 verified five star reviews.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. I'm
2: going to give you a five-star show here in just a second on Locked on Jaguars, and we thank you for making us your first listen all over again. I got my man Demetrius Harvey, who's going to join us. Demetrius, of course, is from Big Cat Country. There he is right there, and he does some work also for SI with those hated florida gators i just gotta go ahead and put that out let me see if i got let me see if i got something made up here with your name on it. i don't think i do demetrius i'm trying to figure out if i got something up here with your name on it. let me go back over here and put you right here and see no that's the wrong name that's not there the right that's not the right guy that's not. that's not the right guy that's not definitely that's <laughs> not the right person oh my god so you know what we're going back over here man we're going to do that all these great guests we we'll to leave it at that today that's right uh you were down there today we talked yesterday and uh, I knew you were going to be there. That's a nice microphone, mm-hmm. by the way. That's a nice microphone. I appreciate it. I like that. I so, 100 uh, bucks. Y- Yeah. How much? 100 like bucks. It. Okay, cool. Uh, we're talking all of this technology business. And everybody, it's funny because everybody knows I'm the least most technical person uh, on, in the world. So it's like, what, you do? what are you worried about it for? You ain't going to be able to do nothing. But um, we talked yesterday about what was going to come. Did you expect anything or did you see anything that was a little bit different from anything that you expected?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say anything different than I would have expected. I mean, I, I fully expected them not to come out and say who they're going to pick at number one. Um, they could have, you know, hedged it a little bit and said that you know we know who we're going to pick at number one because at this point in the draft, every team knows what they're going to do. Or not, not every team, but you know, if, if you're in that top couple picks, you have a pretty good idea of what you're going to do. And they sort of relented later on, saying that they have about four players who are ready to go, you know, four players that, that they're ready to take, whatever. Um, I personally feel like it's down to maybe two players and probably only one player has already taken the, the, the part and they're just going to work on the rest of the draft class from here on out. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought that Trent came off very well. I thought that, Uh, Doug was was pretty good as he always has been. I think that he's he's been more calm, um, and I I don't know, and I'm not going to speculate on if it was whether or not you know Urban Meyer's been gone and things of that nature, but he's definitely been way more settling. Um, It just seems like it's easier to talk to him or 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 to ask him questions, even if he's not going to give you too much. He's he's a lot more um, even keel. So I think that the relationship between him and Doug has has gone on well, and and from from what they said during the the pre-draft press conference, you know, they are collaborating. They're depending on who, you know, everybody wants They're They're all still going to come to a consensus. And I think that's what you would want to see if you're a Jaguar fan or an observer or, or anything of that nature.
2: I, I saw that Peterson said, whoever you pick is going to be a starter day one. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that anybody, if we're guessing, and I already did that in the first segment, I I guess that it's Hutch, it's Hutchinson Walker. And then the two linemen, Iquandu and Neil, if, if, yeah. if, if, if I'm just taking a wild guess. So I, I think all four of those guys start coming in. Um, I found it interesting that when specifically talking about Hutchinson, they emphasize cultural, you know, the cultural part of it, that he really, mm-hmm. really fits. And when I saw that, I was like, OK, were they just answering a question and being direct or were they trying to say, yeah, culturally, yeah, he does fit probably more <laughs> the scheme. And then I found it very interesting when talking about Travon Walker and Hutchinson that Balky made it a point to say mm-hmm. something that I think i have and you you know me, I've been banging my head on my computer. I've been trying to tell people that comparing the two guys as apples and oranges because they were not asked to do the same thing at all. Nope. Nope. So uh, I found it interesting. How, how telling and how interesting was that for you to hear uh, from his mouth?
1: It was very telling, and and I think we we've all heard the rumors and everything that Trent favors Trayvon Walker um, ahead of Aiden Hutchinson, and I think that coming out of the draft or coming out of that press conference, I'm not going to say I'm confident in in believing that now, but it really did lean toward that. I felt like he defended in terms of. Um, what Trayvon Walker brings as far as his production and and things of that nature, how he can fit in a scheme, be moved around, and how the coaches would like a player like that. I thought that he was very, you know, honest or upfront about how he feels about a player of his caliber. So, I mean, to me, it it just felt like – all of the stuff about Trayvon Walker that you hear, you know, lack of production, only six sacks and things of that nature. And, and 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 you're sitting there looking at Aiden Hutchinson with the 14 sacks. He said, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson is a good player, you know, but there's other good players, too. I, I just thought that it was telling that he wasn't so upfront and willing to talk heavily in favor of Aiden, but When it came to Trayvon Walker, he defended these points that some people are putting out there in terms of how, you know, teams might feel about him saying, you know, hey, maybe, you know, we don't feel that way about him just because other people do doesn't mean that we do. So I thought that was very telling. I think that it does lean a little bit more towards me thinking, hey, maybe they do go for the fences and take a Trayvon Walker instead of Aiden Hutchinson.
2: Now, just for uh, the purpose of being transparent. I, you know, me, I don't care who they pick. And plus I thought I still would take tip over anybody. Yeah. Uh, But just to prove a point, you came into my office yesterday on mm-hmm. other business. Did I, or did I not in an unbiased way turn? I, it wasn't highlights either. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just the, it wasn't just the game where Michigan and Georgia played, but I turned it on and I said, we're going to start it from the first play and we're going to watch it until you, you see what I keep saying. Now, mm-hmm. We, we did. We saw a lot of good plays by Aiden Hutchinson, didn't we? And, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we saw a, a, a four or five bad ones, right? Yeah. And we were like, I wonder if that's going to happen a lot in the NFL. Now, on the flip side, we watched Trevon Walker. We didn't see as many splash plays, did we? No. But we, we didn't see one bad one, did we? Nope. And that's the point that I keep trying to tell people. Just put it on and show me where he did something wrong. And you can't. It looks like a guy who's just always doing his job. And even when he didn't make the play, he had some dude over there on his heels fighting for his life, getting bull rushed. Right. So that and so the point that I was trying to make with that is you take all the emotion out of it, and that's what they see. And, and and they're like, There's no bad plays. And then there's plays where he where he's supposed to be out of and he catches a guy 30 30 yards down the field. So I said, It's probably still not enough because I listened to Lou Riddick, and Lou Riddick said, You don't when you draft a guy number one, you want to know that he can go get twelve sacks. Yes, I agree with that. And if that's the case, I think they should take Thibodeau. But it looks like it's going to be either. Hutch- I'm just saying it looks it looks like it's going to be either Hutchinson. And I think yeah. with either pick, with either pick, they do well. But I think with either pick, Josh Allen probably leads the league in sacks, and the other guy is the dude that is the helpmate of Josh Allen. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely. And I actually asked them about Josh Allen It's kind of an aside. You know, the fifth year option's coming up. The the, the deadline is is around May 9th, I believe it is. And I asked them, are they going to be exercising that fifth year option? They still haven't had that discussion. So I'm not sure how, you know, he fits into their long term plans. I know that's gonna be a whole other story later on, but um, but yeah, absolutely. I think that either player Trayvon Walker or Aiden Hutchinson or even Thibodeau, but you know we all know they're probably not going to go yeah. that direction. Right. Um, either player would would absolutely make. Josh Allen a better player I mean just look at his rookie season when he had 10 and a half sacks You had Calais Campbell coming off the edge or inside and you had unique Ngakwe on the other side and and getting pressure and all of a sudden you see Josh Allen coming in and you know getting those one-on-ones and getting um, a little bit more of a relaxed feel not having to do too much because he has other guys around him able to make those plays so when you look at that and you see that players are able to do their job and do it well all of a sudden it's going to open up things for other players. You know, you'll even see guys like Dewan Smoot maybe benefit, you know, coming in. So I think that either Arden player, right. Arden Key, Arden Key is going to come in. Um, it, you know, the, the jury's still out on, on, on chase on. But, yeah, there, there there's going to be some, some you know, uh, effects, I guess, you can say, where if, when Aiden Hutchinson or, or or Trayvon Walker or whoever they pick is, is on that other side, the next person is going to greatly benefit
2: easily. No doubt about it. It's a benefit to, for me to have you here, of course, representing Big Cat Country and that crew. I love Big Cat Country, by the way. Uh, we're gonna it. we're gonna discuss a little bit more, uh, some talk about pick number thirty three, and we'll do all of that in just a second on a Friday, as I have my friend Demetrius Harvey with me here on Locked On Jaguars. First, I want to tell you guys first about Bet Online. You guys are out there betting on these basketball games where these teams can't score in the fourth quarter i know it makes you mad because you're losing your money but that's all right if you go to betonline.net you'll learn more so you won't lose and you'll understand that certain teams have a tendency to fall down the stretch because bet online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news is ben simmons going to play or is he not including this year's basketball playoffs of course and of course major league baseball is off to a good start bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information and from live betting to playoffs esports and more so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because bet online is where the game starts and we are also going to tell you about our friends over at built bar why am i going to tell you about that it's because you like me and you're in a perpetual lose weight mode but you don't want to give up good food well guess what i got something that's very good for you that won't hurt you in your quest to get in better shape it's built bar built bar is the number one protein bar in the entire world one it's covered with 100 chocolate and two the macros are outstanding if you don't want the candy bar type you want something that's sort of like a little bit of a pastry how about built puffs built puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Now, it's marshmallow and it's sort of like a candy bar. It's got a little bit of a different texture and shaped a little different, but the taste is good, and it is also covered with 100% chocolate. And you can get them both at Built.com and use the promo code lot 15 and you will have 15% off of your next order. So make sure you check them out. Try them at at Bar underscore Built on Twitter for all the latest information from Built Bar. Thank you guys for making us again your number one listen and your first listen of the day. I have to let you guys know about the locked on NFL draft coverage Uh, for the first time ever locked on is hosting live coverage of the 2022 draft from our studios in Dallas with pick by pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. I'll be in that tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through Every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. And we also have the Ultimate Mock Draft with Odyssey and Locked On together. That's out right now. You can check check that out on the Locked On NFL Draft uh, page as well. And make sure you tune in to Locked On NFL also for continued draft coverage. I have my man Demetrius Harvey here. We're going to talk, talk about pick 33. I like the fact that Trent said that that pick is usually a very, very valuable pick. And the mm-hmm. reason why it's valuable is because when you get towards the end of the first round and teams have that, that little period, I don't know if it's 20, quite 24 hours, but it is all night and most of the morning to see what's left and see if somebody wants to move up because somebody's first round pick fell to the top. It's a good spot to be in to be uh, not quite as good as picking first but it is a good spot to be in when everybody's had all night to try to figure out what they want to do and you're sitting there. Trent had some interesting comments. He said if our guys there were going to take him. I'm wondering who that guy is though, you know. What do you think about the 33rd pick? What area do you think that they might be able to touch with that spot?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, if if you assume that they go edge rusher with the first pick, Um, Obviously, that takes off offensive linemen, and then now all of a sudden offensive linemen might become that pick at 33. Um, There's some guys. I mean, Tyler Linderbaum is a guy who I feel like in January people were talking about him as being a top 10 pick. I mean, it it was kind of crazy, you know, the the rise he had from his last year at Iowa. And, you know, slowly but surely he's kind of moved down and down and down. Now it seems like he might be a potential option there at 33, and they just got rid of Brandon Linder. Um, I know that they re-signed Tyler Shatley, but they have to, you know, make some sort of move inside at a, at that guard or center position. Obviously, Linderbaum would play center. I think that that would be an, an intriguing pick, and I think that that's a guy that they're definitely high on. Another guy like a, a Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Now he's a guy. I mean, I think they they've done their homework on him, and and I think they. I can't remember if they brought him in for a thirty visit or they met with him at some point. Either way, they they they've done their homework on him, and, and he he's a guy that absolutely um, would make sense at that position. Obviously, Zion Johnson as well out of Boston College, but I don't think that he's going to be there. Uh, personally but yeah that 33rd pick is so valuable because not only because they have all that time to you know the the, the 24 hours to know who they're going to take and they already know that they're the first pick of the draft again but also because you know if you're at 33 and there's a guy that's falling in the 25 to 32 range maybe you want to trade up a little bit and that's a super valuable pick because now you have an option we're going to move up a few spots and also um you know, be able to take the guy that's falling, and you get that fifth-year option added on because he's he, he's a first rounder now. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think that they have a pretty good idea about number one. I think that that's what they're really honing in on now is that pick at number thirty-three. And I think that offensive lineman just makes sense for me to to go there.
2: It absolutely does make a lot of sense. And if they get Kenyon Green, man, I'm telling you, he's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. He is built like. One of those guys that Doug Peterson, you know, has had those big, filthy, six foot four, three hundred and thirty pound yes. grinders that can move up and down that line. Linderbaum would shock me a little bit only because he he, he has some short arms, and I know yeah. Trent Trent thinks about those traits. That could be an equal trade off if he goes Trayvon Walker at first, and then he looks at the coach's eye. He says, "All right, I'm not going to go traits this time. I'm going to give you the guy you want. I'm going to go get Linderbaum. And I think that would be a good move, also." Um, He does fit, though, with the way they run their scheme up front. Mm -hmm. He definitely fits, and he's a real, real good athlete. Uh, Everybody talks about the wide receiver spot, unless one of those guys actually falls to him. I don't know if they see a big difference between a guy that can get at 33 and a guy that they can get at 65 when you're talking about the wide receivers, and they've invested a lot already.
1: Yeah, they they actually talked about that earlier today too in terms of the the wide receivers. There's a lot there's guys that are at the top, but they're they're hurt. You know, Jameson Williams, you know, comes to mind when you think of that kind of player. And then Drake London, even though he came back and he's able to do everything now, you know, he's still coming off of that, I believe, foot injury or or, or ankle. Either way, you know, he's a guy that you don't know exactly how he's gonna come back from that. So he's he's hurt too. So unless a guy like Olave or you know, someone begins to fall. I just can't see them going that at, at thirty three. The 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 guys once you get past that top level, they're pretty much all smashed together. You know, and unless you unless you get um, a guy like that who's at the top level that's falling, I, I just can't see them going in that direction. But you never know. You know, there, there's there, there's definitely guys later on in the draft that will make sense. Um, it, it, it it just all depends because you you have your 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 top you know, a couple players who you you might want to take Garrett Wilson, you know, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, maybe even. But then if you're getting to that pick at, at 33 and only Christian Watson or Sky Moore or, or John Mechie is on the board, why not just take, you know, the better player in terms of value in the, in the offensive lineman or the linebacker even, instead of reaching for a guy because you have that perceived need. When you can just wait, you know, go at 65, maybe a Drake Bell is there and then call it a day. So, coming out of this draft,
2: there are going to be a lot of positions where they can't fill everything in one year or in one free agency. If there's a position coming out of this draft that I'll say they, they'll have a hole in that mm-hmm. position, but it's okay that they have a hole at that position because we know you can't fill everything all at once. Mm-hmm. I, I would say if, if I talked about a position like that, I'd say safety. I'm okay with them going out with the guys that they have right now and competing w- without addressing that. And so that might factor into my approach too because at the top of that second round, you might see – I doubt if you see Daxton Hill, but you might see a Jaquan Bristol. You mm-hmm. might see a Jalen Petrie. You might see those guys that have said, I don't think Lewis Scene's going to be there. There's some people Man. that do. So when you sit there and think there's going to be a really good player that might be the best player available regardless of position. So safeties for me is one that I think – we can do with what we have now, even though I'm a big BPA guy, but i tell you what, man, <laughs> they better. I I I love Shaq. I don't uh-huh. know if they like him as much. As Shaq Quarterman, they better address that Mike linebacker position. Now, the thing with me is you can do it in the second round at the top. You could also do it at the top of the third round with guys like Chad muma who the late steam I'm hearing is that he, he won't last until round three, mm-hmm. but uh, Brian, I Mike, you might be able to get a guy like that, uh, you know, who who fits the the run side the sideline scheme. And there's this thing with Nicobe Dean man. I found out people ain't loving on the Kobe Dean like yeah. I thought. So yeah, you know,
1: man. go ahead. What do
2: you think? You know, he ain't one of those positions. Talk about Nicobe, the but then talk about those other positions
1: too. I was about to say uh, about Dean. It just seems, it seems like every year we have this where you you see this guy. And you're like, obviously he he's a really good player. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh well, he he's he's five eleven. You know, he's he's a little smaller. He he might not be able to do everything that you want him to do. I don't care, you know, personally. You have a, a Devin White out there with with Tampa who's you know around that same size who's able to he's do what big, he does. A little bit, oh, small. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like like he's a little shorter, like he's he's not the six four guy, you know, because everybody's talking about um if 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 you get a guy, you need a thumper or or you need a, a big guy. I don't think that's just how the NFL is run these days. I think that you can make do without having those kind of players in there. You don't need a Brandon Spikes anymore. Um, so it, it's 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 interesting. But but as you were talking about like that that position that they can do without, I completely agree. Safety. I mean, Rayshon Jenkins is out there. Andre Sisco. I don't think that they necessarily need to go. But but if there is a Lewis scene at thirty three, that's that's tempting. That's tempting. That that guy can make plays from all across the field. He can hit. He can he can make plays on the ball, and that's exactly what you want to see in a guy at safety. And then you'll end up having you know guys like Rayshon maybe rotating in, or 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 a um, Cisco rotating in. Now I know that that's not exactly what their need is, but I can absolutely see it. But um,
2: I can too, man. I'm gonna tell you something. It'll be just the Jaguars' luck. They don't take the kobe Dean and he goes to the Titans or the Texans and he terrorizes the, the Jaguars for the next eight years and he's the next Zach Thomas. Mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner ain't that much bigger than him. And you know, these the this is where so if I'm taking up for Trent when it comes to traits, this is where Trent's gonna make me mad when it comes to traits because he's gonna want to get that longer guy with the longer arms and everybody's in love with all these people. Look, all I'm gonna tell you yeah. is this. They say Terry Walker shouldn't be the pick because he didn't do much. The other guy we're talking about Dean did a whole lot, but they say, Well, he's not too big. This is why drafting a projection is so important, and this is why mm-hmm. people get this wrong. If it's uh, we just saw Georgia dominate college football, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody that wants to tell me about Hutchinson and and you need the 14 sacks, you need the production. We might look up and the Georgia Bulldog ain't even taken in the top 20 because everybody's <laughs> gonna keep saying, Well, it was his teammates. Well, at some point, they don't. We talked about it yesterday. At some point, Mm -hmm. they had all of those guys and Jermaine Johnson and Aziz Ojalari and Tyson Campbell and that Stokes kid up there in Green Bay, and they got forty points put on them by Florida, and they got forty put put on by Alabama. What do you mean, his teammates? At some point, we Mm got to give these guys credit for what we saw them doing.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and I'll and I'll also echo that, you know, last year I covered the Gators as well, obviously. But, you know, watching the Bulldogs in 2020, uh, that defense was not that good. And it, it not, not compared to all last year. Players. And at all and those players, they still had all these players. It's not like those players just ma- magically popped out of nowhere. They all got them out of the transfer portal. No, these are all guys that came in, you know, as recruits to Georgia. They, they still had Jordan Davis. They still had all of these players that were on the field. The difference is, and 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 you were talking about this, you know, the, the scheme change, You know, when once that scheme changed, they were able to get there and they're they're not as, you know, active in terms of getting after the quarterback, but they're making sure the quarterback stays in and they're pushing the pocket, they're collapsing the pocket. That's why you don't see anybody on the team. I don't think anybody on the team had more than six and a half sacks last you didn't. year. They and what's and let's not lie like like don't don't pretend as if there's not good pass rushers on that team all of a sudden you know that they, they were still there last year so they're still here yeah the top two set they, guys
2: guys the year before with Jermaine Johnson <laughs> and Aziz Lar. So as yeah. a guy who was a second round pick and a guy who's going in the first round this year but now everybody's nitpicking and i'm just I'm, i wanna, I want to I want to see how long we go until mm-hmm. there's a Georgia Bulldog off and if and if i'm right that means we we got to get this draft thing under control because it's going to be paralysis by analysis. I'm telling you, it's the best defense I've seen in, in probably 25 years. And we're going to sit here and only not pick them because they had good teammates. That's going to be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my <laughs> life. I'm telling you. Demetrius Harvey, man, Big Cat Country. I'm going to let you go. Enjoy your weekend. We always... Love having you here on Locked On Jaguars. I I guess I'm going to have to stop paying you sooner or later, so uh, we'll get it all figured out. But uh, take care, man. Thank you for joining us, and we thank you all for joining us and making us your first listen here on Locked On Jaguars. For Tony Wiggins and my guest Demetrius Harvey of Big Cat Country, take care, have a nice weekend, and take care of each other.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.